Amen. Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. Now hear the gospel according to Luke of how our Lord Jesus was crucified. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, where he began even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted together, Away with this fellow! Release Barabbas for us! This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. 
For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Well, the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. When all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. A preface. I have written this sermon so many times that I ask for grace as you listen today. I don't recall the last time I struggled so much with trying to write a message. And I hope that I was able to listen to what the Spirit was saying to me. Today we come to the end of our series, The Dark Valley. And we come to that end in the darkest part of the valley, witnessing tragedy. I think it matters that today's message is one that is difficult to take in, difficult to comprehend, and difficult for us to address. Because in it we have the combination of the triumph of entering Jerusalem with the feeling that everything is going just how it should, and we are then met with the travesty of the cross. An innocent man being put to death. 
And I do have to admit, this is one of the hardest sermons I have ever tried to write. And I think it's because it's so easy to get sidetracked by everything going on in our reading for today. So difficult, in fact, that later this year we're likely going to return to this scene a number of times to look at all the different events that make up the passion narrative. So that we can address each of the things brought up. But the thing I wanted to focus on today is well, partly how easy it is for us to overlook the hurt and the tragedy that we have today. Because it's easy for us to look past it and to focus on the hope of everything that comes after. And I think one of the things that the crucifixion reminds us of is the way that death and loss are part of the human experience. It's often easy for us to speak of the way that Christ's teachings have impacted us. I would say it's easier for us to talk about the way that the resurrection has changed us. We can speak of what we expect in the second coming. It's harder for us to talk about the way that the death of Jesus of Nazareth has changed us. And I think it's because we struggle to deal with tragedy. Because often, when we talk about the death, we talk about it in the context of the resurrection. And we're not always ready to address the depth of pain and hurt that comes with the crucifixion. We struggle to deal with tragedy. And there's one thing that I kept coming back to in the many versions of this sermon, in all of its iterations, the one thing I kept coming back to was the way that death changes us. And I think that's something that we have a hard time truly admitting. I think we accept it on some level, but we often struggle to admit just how deeply we are changed. And one of the reasons I think we have this is that when we face tragedy, we get it into our heads that we'll get back to normal eventually. We sort of have the this too shall pass mentality and I think we struggle to understand the way that loss changes us forever. We don't often like facing that truth because it means coming face to face with our own tragedies. 
But it's important for us to be able to face it so that we understand the way that we have to cope with loss and to cope with tragedy. Because often when we lose someone, we do get the sense that we're waiting to return to normal. Or we feel there will never be normal again. The thing is that we don't return to normal because there are events in our lives that impact us so deeply that we will never be the same. What I did want to talk about today, though, is that never being the same doesn't mean that we will always walk around with the hurt and the loss as a pain that drags us down. That we will not always identify as simply that pain and that loss. We will not be the thing that keeps us from living. But it means addressing our loss and our grief and understanding those things because of just how much they change our lives. It can make us question our faith. It can make us feel that there is no hope. It can make us feel like we are lost. And I couldn't help but think about all this in reading the very end of the account that we have of the crucifixion. That in our gospel reading today, we end with a statement about those who are close to Christ standing at a distance witnessing tragedy. And all the words we have today, it doesn't talk about their tears. It doesn't talk about their hurt. But we know that hurt is real because we can feel it when we read about what happened. And if we can feel the pain in reading, we can only imagine the pain of seeing. About the humiliation Jesus faced to the tragic death on a Roman cross. Now one thing I have noticed is that we are often eager to move on to the resurrection. We don't often like to dwell on the scene that plays out today. And this plays out in our lives, in the way that we handle the tragedies close to us. That we may try to force ourselves to move on. We may try to force ourselves into being normal. But loss can change us in ways that we never expected. One of the things that we may find is a new normal. We are forever changed, but this does not mean that we are forever down. But it does mean that expecting everything to just go back to normal may not happen because you may have to find a new normal. One of the ways that we deal with tragedy and loss is by admitting it. By speaking of it. And by understanding that it was not something that happened, 
but by admitting that it has become a part of who we are. It is then that we learn to live. I do not have a one-size-fits-all answer to grief. I do not have a special passage from the Bible that will fix every problem. I do not have a single prayer that will make every hurt automatically better. What I do have is this. You are never alone. You are never alone. We are called to be here for each other. One of the ways that we cope is by being able to openly talk about the way that tragedy and loss has impacted us and hurt us. Because that gives us a chance for it to be real in a way that we may not be able to make it real otherwise. And it gives us a chance to help each other in love. It gives us a chance to help each other to cope with the hurt and to cope with the loss. And so I say this. My door is always open to you. Call me, email me, text me. Find me. I am here for you. Whatever the loss may be, whatever the hurt may be, no matter how fresh it may be, no matter how long ago it might have occurred, I'm here for you because it's part of who you are. I'm here to help you explore and understand the impact of that loss and that hurt. No filter required. No worry about saying the wrong thing. I'm here to listen. And if I can help, I'll help in whatever way I can. Because that's the example that I see in Christ. Over and over again. Even in today's reading, Jesus gives comfort to the criminal being executed with him. He could not help but love. And that's what I want to encourage for all of you today.
to let this be a reminder of the grief we experience in life. I want to encourage you to be there for each other. Not that you have to solve the problem of hurt. I'm not asking you to do that. But I want you to learn to be a witness for others so that you can see their tragedy, know their loss, and to walk with them in that journey through the valley. Because you may need to carry the light. You may need someone to carry the light for you. Because when we share in that loss together, it also allows us to share in Christ together. And as we share in Christ together, we share in hope, even on the darkest of days. And so on this day when we remember grief and loss, let us open ourselves to each other and open our hearts to the Lord that we may help each other deal with grief and loss by reminding each other that we walk through it not alone but together, that united we find a way to walk out of that dark valley together. We walk in love together. We walk in hope together. And in Christ, we learn how to live.